When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Well.com podcast. I'm Bo Wigington, and today I'm sitting down with one of our newest hosts over here at Well.com, Austin Hargett, a.k.a. Dr. Welds. What up? What up, party people? So you joined the party of Well.com. Speaking of party, are you excited? Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. I'm stoked. There's a lot of a lot of growth, a lot of future here. And, uh, you know, Well.com being the what I consider the pioneers of YouTube, you know, when YouTube come out, they were, they jumped on it pretty quick. Uh, ever since I was a student in welding school to teaching welding school, weld.com has been a solid foundation of what I, what I use on a daily basis for learning and, and teaching, you know. Do you use video examples for your students in class? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we have a kind of a hybrid deal going on where we do a lot of lab work, but the, on the occasion that, we go into a classroom or things like that. It's just easier. You know, these kids are visual learners. So, you know, videos are really helpful to help explain, help better explain what I'm trying to teach to them in theory or uh, what they may have seen online or whatever, just to kind of help go in depth on what we do here at school. Yeah. Sometimes it's good to just get a little different perspective than the way you teach. Right. Uh, there's a thousand ways to skin a cat. So, you know, yeah. I like to show them a few different methods and ideas. And, you know, there's everyone does something a little bit different to get the same result. So for people that might not know you, can you give us a little background of how you got into welding and your journey so far? Yeah, sure. So uh, welding started for me back back home in East Texas. I'm from Jacksonville, Texas, small town over there by Tyler, Longview area. When I, when I got into high school, you know, they let me pick electives. You know, you could pick your band, you can pick art, you could pick athletics and things like that. So, you know, I, I joined the baseball team, but I also had a, an interest. They said that we have wood shop and, and welding. And I was like, what, welding? I, you know, I haven't really got to hear, see any of that coming from, I moved from Dallas to East Texas. So it wasn't a whole lot of FFA and ag programs over there. So they were like, yeah, you could take welding class. You can, and I was like, I can burn something for like a whole hour I can just burn stuff and they're like yeah basically so I was like sick I'm gonna do that uh you know so in high school I started welding and I played sports and stuff but I found out pretty quick that I was a better welder than a ball player and that's what kind of gave me the inspiration to I was a sophomore in high school and I knew exactly what I wanted to do for the rest of my life you know what I mean so not being not many people can say that no no I was blessed to have that that idea that that come up and you know did some welding competitions and that's what kind of showed me that I was not too bad at it. So the next step was to figure out whether I wanted to try to go to work or go to school for it. Did you go into the field before going into school or did you go to school? No, not at all. I I, I went straight from uh, high school into welding school, you know, Texas state technical college down here in Texas. TSTC has about 10, uh, 10 campuses around the state. Uh, it's a pretty large program. I would teach at the one in Fort Bend. Now I went to the one in Waco. It's a two-year program. I wanted to have like a kind of a college experience. So uh, they had an associate's degree that you could get, you know, it's a two-year program, kind of, you know, a little bit more long-term than some of these welding schools doing it for seven, eight, nine months, you know, 
I wanted the college experience. So I, I chose TSTC as my welding school. When you were going through school, was it specifically, I mean, as an associate's degree, usually you're going to have your gen ed stuff as well. What, what was that like for you? You know, we had to do the, the math. You had to take college math, uh, psychology, humanities, you know, a bunch of different core classes so that you can achieve that associate's degree. Uh, it wasn't like super challenging. I'll be 100% honest with you. The I don't know if it was just because it's more like a trade school and they understand the people that kind of go to those schools. But I didn't really struggle with getting the associate's degree. But most of the stuff that we did at school was still based around welding. Uh, and, and going into, we had classroom settings where we'd go and talk theory about, you know, whatever we were doing, stig, mig, tig, flux core, whatever it may have been. And of course, we had plenty of lab time to hone in our skills. And speaking of honing in your skills, I mean, I've I've watched you on Instagram for years now, and you have some mad skills. Did you develop that at school or is that more out in the field or was it a combination of both? So like, like, like I said, when I was in, in high school, I found out that I had a passion for it. So I spent a lot of hours, man, even even choosing to pick two electives in high school and those two electives being welding and welding. So, you know, I, I practiced a lot in high school. And then when I got into college, you know, that it was a whole new avenue for me because I basically just did MIG and stick in high school. And of course, all the other processes and positions and pipe welding opened up in, in college. And I wouldn't say that I became the slickest and the quickest in school. That's not the case. Uh, my first my first job right out of school was building pressure vessels uh, in Bryan College Station. So we would build vessels anywhere from I don't know twelve inch diameter pipe all the way to one hundred and seventy inch diameter pipe. You know, you know, massive massive vessels. Uh, so you can imagine you get pretty good at a process when you're trying to put a root in. And it takes twenty three minutes of nonstop welding to put a root in. You get pretty good at it. Yeah. Like, how long were you at that job? So that job was, you know, they, they hired guys, right. They came right to the school. They talked to us. It seemed interesting enough to go. Uh, they hired a, a handful of us to, to start work right out of school. Uh, so that was really nice that they were able to just kind of come to me and pick me up. But uh, they, they, again, they were picking up kids fresh out of school. They're not paying. They weren't paying a whole lot to put it in perspective. We were doing uh, building pressure vessels to, you know, ASME section nine code. And, you know, it's it's full extensive as far as I had to take a vessel. I had to read the blueprints. I had to lay out the shells. I had to cut the holes. I had to grind bevel, fit the pipe, fit nozzles. I had to weld them all the way out, you know, making sure they stay within the tolerances and don't get out of level and blah, blah, blah. And then, uh, of course, they visually inspected them. Sometimes they ultrasound, UT, X-ray, all that stuff. And for all that kind of work, you know, being your own fitter, your own welder, your own helper, all that all to that, you know, pretty severe code, you'd want to get paid a decent amount, right? Right? Yeah. 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 No, we got paid about $14 an hour. Oh my gosh. How many hours a week? Uh, you know, that was, that was typical to get at least 50, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, there was a chance for overtime and everything like that. But, uh, one, one of the reasons why I wanted to take that job was what it was in Brian, Brian college station. And, uh, if you know anything about Texas, it's a big college town and, uh, I was young and I thought it was just cool to, go to work in a town like that. Cause you know, I was still young and I still kind of wanted to party it up and hang out. So after about six months, they promised a lot there. They, they said, you know, the more processes, the more well tests you take, the more 
pay raise that we'll give you and everything like that. So I worked there for close to seven months uh, and, and tested out on just about every process and position that they offered. Uh, and by the time it was come around to uh, give my evaluation and a raise, they gave me 50 cents for a raise. So uh, I quickly found a way out of that. Yeah, I bet. I'm like, okay, well, that's what you want to, that's, that's kind of a slap in the face. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't my favorite, you know, uh, the president tried to come by and he found out that I was leaving and he was trying to kind of explain to me that they had good benefits and everything like that. So all your, uh, benefit packages and everything, it kind of added up that you were making more like 25 an hour. I was like, yeah, but though I'm, I'm 20 years old, man. I don't need health insurance. I mean, I do, but I don't, uh, I need, I need money. I need capital, you know? So I left there after about seven months. Did you go on working for another company or? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I ended up going, you know, uh, through a mutual friend of my family's, he was a project manager for a company called RMS welding systems. And what their job was is they built, uh, welding shacks. They built, uh, it's, it's pipeline work. Mm -hmm. We were actually union 798 pipeline welders and helpers and things like that. But we weren't, the typical pipeliners that you see running up with the rig trucks and pulling leads out and stuff like that. We had these big side booms, which you'll typically see on those jobs laying in the pipe and things like that. But those side booms would hold on to a small shack. And in that shack, we had all the automatic welding systems that you would have wire feeders, welding bugs. So it was a machine that had two different weld heads on it. And uh, they all ran pulse make, uh, they ran it downhill pulse mig on the pipeline and they, they had an internal clamp that run on the inside of the pipe. It's very, very fascinating stuff. The, uh, the clamp that runs along the inside of the pipe is controlled by an operator at the open end. And once it lines itself up, it does all the lining up for itself. And we're talking 36 inch pipe. And then on that clamp itself, again, it grabs everything from the inside of the pipe after it lines itself up and it has six different weld heads on that clamp. And you, the operator hits go and four or excuse, not six, but eight on all four on one side would light up. They'd go and tie into each other and then they'd light up the other side and they'd go and tie into each other. And then once that bead or basically a back weld was done, they would move that clamp forward. And then the, the hot pass shack would come over that same joint, grind into it, find that good clean metal. And they would put a hot pass bead in and the next shack would get that shack would get lifted up. The next one would come over and that shack was designated to do all the fill passes. Just same thing you would do in most pipeline work, but instead of the rig welders doing the stick welding, we did uh, those same welders, you know, park their truck in the yard at the beginning of the day and rode out on a bus, jumped in a shack, pick it up. What kind of looked like a game boy yeah. lined up the bug, pressed go and welded pipe. There was a video I saw in school. It was not a weld.com video, but it was about, uh, just like, so you want to work on the pipeline. Yeah, it, that's a, that video is the same company. Really? That's the same the, company. Those are all the Canadians up there. That's what that company is based out of. Oh, that's awesome. That, that, that's one of my favorite videos because it's just so funny. <laughs> yeah, it is a funny one. Yeah, they, they got some comedy in there. And there's another one. Uh, it's called Stages of Pipeline Construction. And uh, I think CRC Evans is the people that made the video. And they're the, another company that does that type of work. And they go pretty in-depth on how you know, how that pipeline is laid out and how they do it with the automatic welding bugs and stuff like that. I'm going to say, speaking of content, you make a lot of content for your Instagram. When did you really dive in to start doing that? 
that didn't actually happen until after the pipeline company. Uh, I was, you know, I was kind of didn't want to travel anymore. We, we kind of moved around state to state and did stuff. And, you know, it's kind of a lonely lifestyle, you know, it wasn't something that I was opposed to. I was making good money, but I don't know. It just didn't, didn't feel right. So I ended up meeting someone at a uh, dog park. He was a instructor at Tulsa welding school and he was like, Hey man, you know, we're hiring. So, uh, I took that as an opportunity to get better at my skills, you know, uh, right now at that point in time, I was doing all the robot stuff. So I really wasn't using a, any kind of manual welding process. So I felt like if I wanted to go back to work and try something new, I kind of was falling short on my skill set. So the opportunity of going to teach, I kind of more or less took it more of as a selfish approach just to get better at all the processes that I need to do. Yeah. So after the pipeline company, I joined Tulsa Welding School as one of their instructors. I think I was 21 years old when I started working as an instructor there. And um, while I was there, after about a year being there, you might know him too, as Scott Rob, who Robbie, who owns Precision Welding Academy. Yeah. Before he started Precision, he was an instructor at Tulsa Welding School as well. So we started working together. I recognized him. Just as you said, you, you know, recognized me. I was like, holy crap, I've been following you for so long. You know, I love, I love what you do. Like, I can't believe I'm working with you now. And uh, Scott Robbie was actually the one to get me into the Instagram kind of thing. At the time, I think he had a bunch of followers and he was getting a bunch of free stuff from companies. You know, I thought that was just freaking sick. You know, all he's doing is I'm, I'm making welds on the daily and he's taking pictures of them and people are like loving it, you know? So that's when I started chasing that, that Instagram grind it was you now close to six years ago now. How how frustrating was it to l- learn how to film your arc shots? It was kind of hit and miss. I never really did the whole hold the lens over the phone. There's a way on your phone that you can tap on it on the phone. I think now everyone knows the trick, but you can focus in on your weld. You tap on the screen and then the little square pops up on at least on iPhones and a little sun comes up and you drag that down and it, it basically lowers the exposure to light and everything. And you can see an arc really clear through it, at least with. TIG mostly, most of your MIG flux and stick because of all this, the sparks and smoke, it's still pretty hard to get a good clean and arc, arc shot. And you'll see that everywhere. It's just kind of hard to read a puddle, but those TIG arc shots are, they look good, you know? Yeah. Well, in the school that you're at, is it mainly for pipe welding? Uh, no, absolutely not. The, the school that I'm at now is I teach at Texas State Technical College in Fort Bend. And, you know, the they have three different levels of certification. The cert one is it's pretty basic. You're going to get most of your structural, uh, your introduction to structural on fillet welds and, and B groups, you know, all positions, pretty much all processes, TIG, stick, MIG, flux score. And then you get an introduction to fabrication and an advanced fabrication class. So they get to play with I-beam, they get to play with channel iron, angle iron, and learn how to read blueprints and, and, and fabricate uh, not only structural things, but pipe as well, learn how to do takeoffs and and learn how to build offsets and things like that nature. And then they have the CERT 2 program, which is pretty much pipe, just all pipe from then on out. You know, they pipe weld, combo welds, all positions, stainless steels, just a whole slew of different stuff, along with getting their associate's degree. Yeah, because I see a lot of, like, the trees that you you set up, just all the different uh, just exercises you have your students do with just putting together the pipe. And it's really fascinating that, I mean, my school, it was not like that. So it's just cool right. to see there's programs out there 
you know, I feel like it's more down in Texas, that kind of area where that's more of your industry that is going to be most common. Uh, there's a lot more of that type of welding down there, but it's just really cool to see the types of exercises you do with your students. Right. I try to teach my students uh, basically everything that I wish I learned in school. Yeah, you know, I'll be honest with you. I went to the same program and I didn't learn half of what I'm teaching now just because I, I see a need for it. So I, you know, I took it upon myself to do some of the things that, I mean, they have it in their curriculum, but I try to go more in depth and let these kids know that this is pretty, this is what you need to know. This is what what's out there. This isn't, this isn't a step to skip for sure. Yeah. Well, and do you have a lot of freedom with manipulating the curriculum? How does that work? Yes and no. They, they, they want me to, they have certain objectives that they want to get done, but how I get those objectives now, as far as welding coupons and things like that, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six G, uh, and whatever processes it is, that pretty much just stays what it's, what it is. But as far as the fabrication and things go, that's where I get to have a lot more freedom and I get to, you know, we're going to build a 90 degree offset. Well, I'm not just going to have you put 190 and we're going to, we're going to build something pretty cool. You know, we're going to make it a little bit more complicated than that. As long as I get that, uh, that objective done, I just try to make it more advanced than just putting together 190 on a piece of pipe. How does your school feel about your online presence? Like, has that been like a boost with new students or? Uh, they don't really communicate that too much with me uh, right now. I do know that they, they're they looking into uh, helping me grow and, help, and us helping each other out. That's something that we're, they didn't know, really know I existed until I brought it to their attention. I started at weld.com and, uh, you know, since I started at weld.com, I wanted, I wanted the school to know that what what I was up to and that, you know, it could be a mutual relationship for both uh, myself, well.com and uh, the school itself. So now, now they're looking into me a lot more. They're looking into what, how we could all benefit each other, you know? That's great. I mean, that's awesome to have like a support system with, yeah. with the school you're teaching at. Yeah. They don't seem to have much of an issue with the videos that I post at all now. As far as working with weld.com, is there like specific content that you're going to be working to make? Because I know they're about to launch a bunch of educational series. I didn't know if you were going to be teaching any of those. Uh, what are you planning on making with weld.com? I mean, uh, one, one benefit of working at the school is that I have uh, quite a bit of resources as far as different types of filler metals, different types of pipes and sizes and material thicknesses and, and, and types of material that I can play with uh, different processes, even art gouging and, uh, you know, fabrication. I mean, anything that I can see that weld.com needs has a need for is something that I'm willing to jump on. And uh, if they're willing to let me do that type of that, that video for them, then I'm, I really, the sky is the limit as long as I can have, if I have the, the means and the tools to do that video, I'm going to do it, you know? That's all. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool how many different views on welding that you're getting to see through weld.com these days. Right. Because there's just so many different perspectives with the different hosts. And I'm just really pumped to see what you put out there, too. Yeah, weld.com is growing, man. Uh, I mean, from whenever I saw it back back when I was in school, it was pretty much Bob Moffat and Redbeard, you know, and now weld.com's got something like 30 to 40 hosts. I mean, there's just there's there's too much in this industry right now that you, there's not one person can know it all, you know, everybody's got a, has their niche. Everyone has their, uh, you know, 
what they're best at, but no one's ever going to be able to stop learning in this industry because there's so much coming out. There's already so much that's in it. Uh, it's just a constantly a well.com's trying doing their damnedest to keep up with the industry, you know, and making sure that everyone, any type of content and every type of content is being touched on. Well, and I feel like it's going to be a really great resource for students. I mean, just, I know me when I was going through school, well.com helped me a lot with the program I was going through just with being able to see it in a different way. Each instructor you go to, they're going to have a different way to explain it, but welding, it's that kind of personal experience that you have that you discover how it works for you. And so having more explanations of the same exact thing can't be a uh, a bad thing. I don't think. No, absolutely not. And you know, that's how the, the day and age is, you know, all these kids are got their face down in their phone I mean, if you want, if you want to push content to these kids, you, you got to get them through their phone and on that YouTube, on the TikTok, on the, on the Instagram, all that kind of stuff, you know, well.com is trying to corner that so that they can, you know, help educate the future of the industry. You know, they're trying to build the biggest and the best community, the welding community that they can, you know, and that's, what's really uh, nice about being a part of it. And speaking of another community, I hear people talk about the community on Instagram. Like the welding community is super supportive and it's really beneficial to share your work on there. What's your experience been since you've started connecting with people online? Man, that's a big deal nowadays. Uh, even even with something that I try to preach to my students is marketing yourself is probably going to be your best bet to finding the best opportunity for you in this in this industry and finding jobs and things along that nature. Uh, I would I'd be lying if I said that I've put my resume and application out on Indeed and Monster and things like that and got calls back that or jobs that I wanted. That wasn't ever the case. I I marketed myself to to reach out and find those people that, that were doing those jobs that I wanted, you know, reach out to them, uh, see what what steps. You know, you don't say, hey, come, can you give me a job somewhere? But you say, hey, what is something that I can do to have the same opportunities or you have any advice for me trying to get into that type of career path? And, you know, the more you reach out to a lot of these people, the more connections you meet going to like American welding societies, conventions, and just meeting people is the best way I believe to move ahead in this industry and then making those connections, making those uh, relationships and, and keeping them, you know, as far as the conventions you were saying, have you gone to FabTech before? I, I actually haven't gone. Uh, I've had it almost went last year, but I just, you know, think things come up and you just don't have the time to do it or, you know, it's, it's not a, a necessity in my eyes, but it's something that I've always wanted to go and do. Yeah. I just want to go see all the fancy toys that come out every year. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they got all the fancy equipment out there, all the new clamps, tables, robots, and wire. And it's just, FabTech is definitely a, a welder's paradise. No doubt. What is, if you were going to tell your students when they come in, what is the most important piece of equipment they're going to need? There, there's a lot of tools in a, in a welder's arsenal that they need to hang on to. And it kind of depends on where you want to go. But I mean, a welding hood is something that you obviously are going to need. Definitely need one of those. Got to be able to look at that puddle, man. And, you know, you can't sell yourself short on a, on a, on a kind of a crummy welding hood. They, I mean, they make some cheapo depot ones, man. And, you know, you get what you pay for. Uh, so. Investing yourself in a, in a nice hood is, is definitely a is definitely a necessity. Uh, auto darkening lenses and hoods are you know really popular and everything, but you definitely want to get used to 
even using a fixed shade at times because sometimes those auto darkening lenses might fail on you or they'll be flashing because you're looking through a gap or whatever it may be. But uh, a, a solid hood, even a second one on deck, just so in case something happens, one breaks and, you know, you got to have your hood. Can't see. You can't weld what you can't see. Do you weld outside of your job at the school? Like, do you have like your own business that you run on the side or are you just 100 percent? That's that's a goal of mine. I'd like to break out and get my uh, my LLC. Yeah, it's something that I'm working on. On I don't know, not necessarily like that. I couldn't do it now. It's just the motivation thing, trying to trying to motivate myself to finally break out and get that LLC. Now, I've been working. I have a shop at home. It's not extravagant. It's about 12 by 28 little shop. I've got a couple welding machines, a plasma table. Uh, uh, I got quite a bit of equipment in there that I've invested in that. I do make a bit of side money, you know, the hustle never stops. And as a teacher, I have honestly quite a bit of free time. So uh, what am I going to do with that free time? You know, when I was working in the field, I may be working 60, 70 hours a week. Well, here at the school, I'm working 35 hours a week. So what am I going to do in those extra hours? Am I going to just sit on my butt and just be lazy? Nah, I'll go find a way to make some more money. Well, and that's kind of the mentality I found when getting into welding is that like welders that when you get out of school, like successful welders, they're always hungry for like yes. doing something, you know, it's like, uh, when I, when I went in, it was, everybody was talking about the hours and they're like, yeah, it's usually like 50, 60 hour weeks. And I was just like, grew up as a musician and bartender and all kinds of side hustles anyway, you know, it's like, so like I was used to right. like constantly working like that, but it really kind of instilled this hungriness in you, this like, absolutely to go and get it you know most most people choose welding as a profession because they hear what kind of money you can make and you know that that also gets misconstrued a lot a lot of kids get it right out of school and they think that they're going to make you know 80 dollars a year but like i told you my first job i made 14 dollars an hour so that's not always the case but if, as long as you're hungry for it and, and you chase after it and, and you're not scared to work those hours and put in some hard work you, you're going to grow quickly you know and within two, three years, you could pretty much write your own ticket in this industry. You can go anywhere. Where is the furthest that welding has taken you in your life so far? Uh, Canada. So I had to do, I just had to do some training in Canada. I worked in Illinois, Alabama, a couple other states closer to Texas, but that's definitely the furthest that I've been. And it wasn't really for work more as it was, well, it was for work, but it was more training than a job itself. It was for that, that automatic company, like I said, they were based out of Canada. And so they sent me up there to do a bit of training so I could be prepared for the next job in Illinois. Did you always do pipe welding throughout your time in the field or did you work at any like fab shops? Yeah, man, if it ain't around, I don't get down. If it's flat, put it back, man. I, <laughs> quite frankly, structural is not something that I, you know, it's not something that I stick my nose up to. Uh, whenever I was pipelining and I went to the school, I went to teach after I was teaching. I went, worked in a production shop. I'll never go work in another production shop, though. Uh, we basically, you would just roll out, you know, spools. I don't know if you, you know, like you say, you watch my channel. You see a lot of the fabrication that I teach my students on, like, four-inch pipe building with flanges and 90s and stuff like that. So the production shop was pretty much that. It was TIG, MIG, and Flux, all roll out, pretty much nothing in position unless the spool was big and complicated and it, it was too too big or wide to roll. So you'd have to weld it in position, but man, that was a slave shop. You want to talk about setting down a bunch of pipe 
pipe spools in your bay. You get there at 5 a.m. You start welding and, you know, you're chipping away at this at this pile of pile of pipe. And then you're like stoked. You're about to finish the last one on that pallet and you got your hood down your well. Then you finish the last weld, you flip your hood up and they got another pallet waiting for you, man. And uh, <laughs> it, it was a lot of work. It was it was like I said, we were working six twelves there and it was all you can weld. You didn't really have an option. You had to also write down when you started a weld, when you finish each weld. Anytime you were like taking a break, kind of standing in your bay, you'd look up on the catwalk and you'd see the foreman kind of pointing at his wrist. Like, what are you doing? Like tapping the clock, you know, ah, cut me some slack, man. Well, and I know a lot of welding programs these days are going to more kind of this job lifestyle type of program where it's like you come in, you clock in, uh, is your program like that as well? Uh, not quite. I'd say the students have a little bit more freedom than some of the other schools that I've seen, like say precision welding Academy, they're doing Scott over there is doing his damnedest to make it just like a real world situation. Like if you had to go climb in a ditch to go weld some pipe on the pipeline, or you got to go climb in a rack or get in the man lift and things along that nature. We don't have everything quite like that. Uh, you know, not yet yet. Anyway, I don't know what their plans are. I just work here, you know, but another school like Arkansas elite, they're a, they're a really popular school over there in Arkansas. And from my, my understanding, they're really strict, you know, they want it to be as, as honest and as strict as, as a job site would be, you know, kids showing up five minutes late and a lot of those job sites, you show up one minute late, they close the door on you. And you, you know, that's your, that's your, that's your day. You missed, you missed your money for the day. You don't get to go to work if you're late. So trying to distill that in, in, in my school is a little bit more difficult because they don't let me punish them for, being tardy so i mean all i can do is just give them a hard time about it but you know trying to instill that in, in the students and trying to break in those bad habits is something that i try to do on the regular as far as your inspiration for your content that you make on instagram and everything uh where where do you get your inspiration from is it just from the whatever you're doing that day or the types of things you plan out uh, some of the stuff I plan out in my eyes, like the best way to run these social media accounts and don't get me lying. I really don't know what I'm doing on these, on these platforms. I'm just trying to have fun, you know, and trying to, trying to stay consistent and trying to have fun with it. Uh, I try to make sure that there's educational content, you know, there's demonstrations, there's a little bit of like a, a lesson involved in some of the videos. And then the other videos are just slick welds, you know, pictures and videos are just making slick welds. And then the other third of the content is just trying to be funny, you know, and trying to make these short little skits and just kind of catch someone's eyes so they can click on my page and, and, and look, up, look more, look more into what all that I'm offering on, on the, that content, you know. And I feel like it is, it's giving the world a little bit more insight into the welding world. You know, people that don't know anything about welding, when they see content from someone like you, it's way more approachable to actually learn instead of it just being like oh yeah they just pull a trigger and that it just happens you know yeah you give them it's a little bit of humanity you know and that's what i love about your content is that like you're approachable your your content is easy to watch and learn from because you're such a relatable guy and you're funny um and it's just it's cool to see that there's more people that are seeing content like yours and being like you know what i'm gonna do that too yeah. And I guess the inspiration behind it is like you say, you know, when people actually reach out to me and they're, and they're, you know, stoked and they're interested in it, you know, that kind of 
helps light a fire under me, you know, seeing that I'm helping these people out and giving back is, is also just, it's an incredible feeling, you know, it's kind of like teaching, uh, you know, I may not be making the same money that I was building power plants and new construction, but, uh, I'm getting paid in a different way, you know, and I think it's still, it's still, it's worth its weight, you know? Yeah. Being happy and like being fulfillment is worth a lot more than money in my eyes. Just having the fulfillment of what you're actually doing instead of, you know, there's a lot of ways you can make a bunch of money in life, but if you're not fulfilled, it's not really that great of a life. Right. I like my job, man. I, I'm, it's pretty Cadillac, you know, I, I, it's not too difficult. Like I said, when you work at a plant or you work at these big jobs that are paying you a bunch of money, they expect you to show up every single day on the dot. And if you miss a day, man, it's either a chunk out of your paycheck or it could be your job. So, you know, having the freedom and, and, and the, like I said, the school supports me doing the videos and everything like that. It's, it's a good, it's a good gig. That's awesome, man. Well, I'm, I'm super excited to see the type of content you put out with weld.com because I know it's going to be great and it's going to be a, a different type of personality. I'm yeah. excited. <laughs> I should have another video coming out. They think they just finished part of it. They're going to, it's, it's just tips on going into a 6G weld. That's going to be one of the videos. And, you know, it's not like necessarily like tips on how to make a stick weld, but it's how to, how to get yourself ready for that 6G weld test, as well as another, another video I should have coming out for Everlast and, 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 and showing off their machine. Also, is, uh, art gouging video is something that I'm looking into starting pretty soon. And because that's something that a lot of people don't even know exists is that art gouging. It's basically, you know, reverse welding and it's used widely across the industry as uh, pretty much the best way to do repairs, uh, background, back gouging. It's just faster, it, 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 you know, all that kind of stuff. So that's another video that I'll be doing pretty soon is tips and tricks and things along that nature to do art gouging. Yeah, I, that was one process I never heard anything about in school. And then it was just like started seeing all this stuff about it. I was like, dang, right. that that is super helpful. Like that would be right. a super useful thing to have, you know? Yeah, we, we did it in school just to gouge off backing straps for, you know, you do a, a plate test with a backing and then you'd have to gouge your strap off so you can do the bin test. But that was pretty much the extent of gouging in the school. Whereas the first job I had building pressure vessels, you know, like I said, you'd have a 120 inch diameter shell and you'd have to put a root in and then you'd have to jump on the inside of it and gouge that entire root out and do a back weld on it to make sure that it's 100 percent penetration. And, you know, it's it's clean metal throughout. And that's a way bigger level. And, and then not only can you it's not like a little weld test coupon where you can kind of nick it and it'd be okay. Like you're not allowed to hit what you're not allowed to hit. And that, that art gouger, it takes out, takes out a chunk. So you got to be careful with it. And if you don't know any better, you can really make a mess of things. Leaving the podcast today. What is the biggest knowledge nugget you try to instill in your students every year? Man, it's just hard work. Uh, you gotta, like I guess say, you gotta show up on time. You gotta be eager. You gotta be hungry. If you don't have that, that mentality, uh, of coming into this, you know, you're going to realize that this is a tough job. You know, welding is not for the faint of heart. It's not, it's not easy work. It's, it's backbreaking. You know, you got to work pretty hard. And one thing about it is welding has really sent me a lot of good places and made me a lot of money. Uh, and it's met, let me meet a lot of people, but at the end of the day, you don't want to be a 50 year old man welding pipe all day. 
you know, you, you need to also find your way into upper management, find yourself into foreman position. You want to, and the only way you're going to find those is by hard work, determination and, and meeting those people and making those relationships. Uh, that's how you're going to get your way into a good welding career and also get your way out of it, believe it or not. Like you just, at the end of the day, you don't want to be super wore out. You know, I've seen guys that are 35 years old. They look 55, you know, they've just been working really hard their whole lives. Nothing that that's not a bad way to do it, but it's, it's a labor intensive job and you got to be hungry. And, and every day you got to have a, a decent attitude about it. It's tough waking up every morning at 5am, 6am, 4am to go, sweat your butt off for 12 hours you just got to have a good mentality you got to be hungry you got to want it and then once you put in all that hard work in the long run it all pays out well i can't wait to see all the hard work you put into these videos you're putting out and i am really excited that we got a chance to just talk today and i look forward to getting to know you better in the future too absolutely bo absolutely Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Weld.com podcast. I'm Bo Wigington. Make sure you head on over to Weld.com, become a member to keep up with all the news over there, as well as check out the forums where you can get answers to questions you might have. Until next week, we'll see you out there.